Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God regardless of who gets offended or not. In Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. All right, I want to talk about following a multitude to do evil. This is something that the Lord has commanded us not to do. And can't think of a day in history this would be more pertinent than it would be for us today upon whom the ends of the world have come and Satan knowing that he hath but a short time, has come down with great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time, and he's using those evil men and seducers who wax and are waxing worse and worse. And as we're getting started here on this short segment, I can't help but talk about the number of people that I've personally seen whose love, speaking of waxing, their love has waxed cold on the Lord and therefore will wax cold on his people. In fact, Jesus speaks in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, I believe it's toward the end of the chapter, where he's talking about readiness and he's talking about those whose love waxed cold and so they begin to beat the men servants of the Lord. In other words, they turn on the Lord's children and begin to attack them. That's always going to be one of the telltale signs that someone has waxed cold. They are no longer right with God, although they once were. Now, let me insert this, that if you still believe in once saved, always saved, you are highly deluded, my friend. That is not a biblical doctrine. I don't mean to be rude, but there's no time to patty cake. You need to repent, get in the Word, and dismiss, rid your mind of every trace of this lying cancer that does nothing but induce lethargy and steals the fear of God out of your heart. It is a filthy lie. Jesus, his apostles, the prophets, never promised security to any of God's children if they're living in sin. You're either abiding in Christ or you're on your way to hell. You have no eternal security. It's only those who are abiding in Christ, continuing to hear the voice of God and follow the Lord in obedience, faith and obedience, that are promised not to be plucked out of his hands. If we read the fullness of Scripture and just read the context of the passages that we pluck out to use to our own advantage, like so many do when they teach one saint to always say, for instance, John 10, 27 through 29, if we read that whole passage, not just 28, 29, then we realize that Jesus is qualifying the promise of being kept and is reserved only and exclusively for those who continue to hear his voice and continue to follow him and walk with him. Jesus said that we must abide or remain in him, John 15, or we will be broken off and cast into the fire. Ultimately, that means hell. So, anyway, you can fall away. Your love can wax 
cold. That means you are falling away. It's synonymous with the term falling away, that your love waxed cold. And like I said, there's so many who are turning against the Lord. Their love is waxing cold, which sounds kind of like it's a subtle thing. It happens in a pretty subtle way, little by little, as people begin to allow the cares of this world and, you know, the lust for other things and the riches of this world, this fleeting world, to crowd their life and don't continue to put God first, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and denying themselves, taking up the cross and following Christ, getting up every day and putting Jesus, literally putting him first. That's the prescription I believe the Bible gives us over and over and over. I'm never going to stop preaching it. I want you to ask yourself, what is it that's more important than Jesus in the first moments of your day when you awake? It should be hands up high, heart up high, shouting, praising, singing to the Lord, having a quiet time with him, praying and communing with the Lord Jesus Christ and getting in the word of God. That's one of the most important ways to commune with the Lord is get in the word and the word will get in you. It'll convict you. It'll cause you to be brought to repentance. It'll clean you. It'll energize you with God's divine energy. Jesus said these words of spirit and they are life. It'll infuse and imbue you and fill you with the spirit of the Lord and the life of Christ. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. David said to the Lord, early will I seek thee. So beware, friend, many are waxing cold in fulfillment of the prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew, speaking of the last days, Jesus says this, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Notice, many, then shall many be offended. Many will be offended. Not a few, but many. He could have used the word few, but he said, no, many will be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now that sounds like a general statement, not only people that backslide, but also just family members, as he speaks in other places of, and people that never got saved. But then he says in verse 11, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Now, at least some of those false prophets obviously feign or fake to represent the Lord, and yet they're false. Then in verse 12, he says, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, I don't know about you, but I live in a pretty large city, Dallas, Fort Worth, at this point, and iniquity abounds, you know, through all kinds of communications and through technology. We all see this on the increase, and because iniquity is abounding, the love of many is waxing cold, because when you're getting all of this input from the enemy, and you have nothing to combat it with, and nothing to strengthen and sustain you with because you're not feeding your spirit with the word of God and just deliberately obeying God by following Christ and doing some of the things practically that I spoke about earlier, then you're going to fall away because that leaven of sin is going to begin to influence. That's what leaven does. It influences. You know, you put a little bit of leaven. That's the picture scripture uses over and over. Put a little bit of leaven in this big lump of flour. It's going to make the whole loaf of bread to rise. 
grace. It only takes a little bit of leaven. And it only takes a little bit of sin to begin to cause your heart to begin to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And then you fall away. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. But beloved, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, but repent immediately at once. The Lord says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, speaking of a woeful, at ease, Laodicean church who was full of material wealth and financial wealth and yet were blind, miserable and naked and they had waxed cold. They no longer had Jesus Christ as their first love. They were doomed to eternal destruction worse than if they'd never been saved because they had fallen away. They had once known the way of righteousness and then they turned away from the holy commandment and the holy Lord and God Almighty Jesus Christ. The Bible promises that those who fall away, you got to be saved in the first place to even fall away. Otherwise, you wouldn't have anything to fall from. Amen. But second, Peter, let me remind you of this verse and bring this into your remembrance. Second, Peter, speaking about false prophets and those that appertain unto them or acquiesce and follow them. The scripture says, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. See, it starts with being entangled therein. You, you dance near the fire. You entertain the thought. James 1 says, Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So, 2 Peter 2, at the end of the chapter, verse 20, 21. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now how can you escape the pollutions of the world unless you truly have the intimate saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, you couldn't. So to say this is head knowledge is a very weak, vain attempt to try to prop up a dead demonic doctrine called once saved, always saved. That's ridiculous. You should be embarrassed at yourself if you believe that for not having studied to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. God didn't teach you that. It's nowhere in his word other than to be exposed as a false doctrine peddled by wolves. So for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. That's how the kingdom of God works. We don't make up the rules. We just observe them. He made them up. And he said that it's going to be a, the latter end, the eternity of those who were delivered by the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They got saved. They escaped the pollutions of the world. And then they were entangled therein and overcome by them again because they denied Christ. They trampled underfoot the blood of the Son of God, according to Hebrews 10. And they rejected Christ in their daily life. You see, some people want to say, oh, I, I, I said to Christ, I got saved. Oh yeah, man. But what are you doing today? Who got denied today? Yourself or Jesus? That's what I want to know. Did you wake up worshiping, seeking, and loving him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? If you do, you were out serving him and serving others, not yourself. I'm just absolutely amazed at how many people say they're saved. They don't have time to give you a call. I've got friends like this. Friends, I guess I could call them friends. Yeah, I've known them for years, some of them. They don't call you up and edify you or pray for you. They don't have time for you. 
isn't time for anybody but themselves. Now you tell me who they're serving. You tell me. The fruit all points to one thing. They're serving themselves. And we vainly believe that we're saved. But we're denying Christ instead of self. Jesus commanded you to deny yourself. Why? Because if you don't deny yourself, you will deny him. As one pastor, a highly respected once said, he says, either sin, either you will deny self or self will deny Christ right out of your life. And that goes along with what we're talking about right now. Waxing cold. Are you waxing cold or hot, friend? Who are you serving? I can tell you that if you're not preferring others above yourself, if you don't have time to call to be a blessing to other people, I've had more lost people, some of them are religious, but they're totally lost, do favors for and bless their ministry and do things for me lately. Has anybody ever noticed that? Maybe I'm alone. I only live in one body and one existence here, man. I'm only one person. But we've had more lost people sometimes do things for us than people that claim to be saved. I mean, you know, when was the last time you, my friend, took your friend out, if you're a girl, your girlfriend out, said, let's go fellowship a little bit. Let's go talk. Have a girl talk. Bring the Bible and read about whatever and drink some tea and coffee. And then you bought them, God forbid, you bought them a cup of coffee or lunch. I don't mean to be rude, folks. I'm just blinded by the lack of fruit. Listen, saving faith always produces the fruit of good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. We are to be careful to maintain good works. Ephesians 2 and Titus 3. If you've got time, energy, and money, and resources, and all the wherewithal to do all this other stuff, go get, you know, I was thinking about this today. Some people have all the energy and time and, you know, believe, you know, people have told them for years. So they go out and study and study and study and get a degree. But they don't have time or energy to study God's word. But they had all of these, this time and years and energy and everything else to read and study and get a degree all for themselves. Now, I'm not saying getting a degree is evil, but I'm just comparing. You have all that. We have all this time to do all that for ourselves. We have no time for Jesus to put him first. This is sad folks. If that's the state of your life, God's calling you to repent at once, immediately, before it's too late, and break up your fallow ground, and so not among thorns, for it is time to seek the Lord until he come and rain righteousness upon you. To repent and to mourn in sackcloth and ashes, to turn off your phone, to turn off your computer, to get nothing but you and the Bible on the floor of your living room or in your prayer closet, wherever that may be, and to seek the Lord and cry out to him in fasting and praying, or you're going to die and go to hell. This is not a game. You are not here to do your own bidding. You're not your own. You're bought with the price of the very blood of Jesus, and there's no excuse for not putting him first in your life and glorifying him. The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. Does that need any explanation? The greatest threat of a false god is self. Who comes first in your life? God says that his name is jealous and that you're going to be cursed, and so is your lineage, if you don't put him first. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The fact is you already love yourself. Don't try to love yourself. Deny yourself. Die to yourself. Love your neighbor as you loved yourself already. Go 
take some of that self-love, first of all, pour it out on God. Worship Him and, and lavish your praise upon Him who alone is worthy. I'm talking about the Alpha and the Omega, my friend. The beginning and the end, the first and the last, the one who was, the one who is, and who is to come. Whom having not seen, we love and rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm talking about that nail-scarred, risen Savior who laid His life down for you voluntarily, having the ability to call 12 legions of angels to destroy all those who were against him. But he chose not to because he loved you. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. And he just simply asked for your heart affections to be upon him, to set your affections upon things above, not on the things of the earth, and everything else will follow. Let me tell you, if you're not obeying the Lord, if you're not doing some of the little practical, basic, one-on-one things we're talking about here today, it's because you don't love the Lord. Huh? I love the Lord. I went to the altar. I got saved. Really? But in your daily life, let's talk about today. You didn't have a minute to get up first and put God first, but yet you love the Lord. Now, who are you going to convince that when all the facts point the other way? The best thing to do is not to cover your sins or not to try to hide them, but to repent of them. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says, He that covereth or hides, tries to hide his sins, shall not prosper, but whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. For your eternal soul's sake, friend, I pray right now. God knows who you are. God knows exactly who you are. There are lots of people listening to these audios. I'm praying for you that God will put a fire in you. God will burn out the chafe. That he will unite your heart to fear the Lord. He will grant you the gift of repentance that you'll be deeply convicted and fall upon his mercy and fresh surrender. Oh yeah, get in the Word so the Word can get in you and begin to give you the life of God and feed your spirit and cause you to be raised up in the power of the Holy Ghost to be fruitful, not just to overcome, not just to maintain a position so that you don't wax cold, but to go on to great fruitfulness, to have to abide in Christ in true intimacy in that vital union with him, seeking his face at every breath and bear fruit, more fruit, and much abundant fruit, according to John chapter 15, my friend. Hallelujah. Read that chapter, John 15. Read Matthew 7. Read Psalm 37. Read Revelation 2 and 3. Get in the Word, friend, and the Word will get into you. Isaiah 58, the fasting chapter. Get in the Word, friend. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. Hallelujah. Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, the way true born-again people conduct themselves, beginning with being broken or poor in spirit, panting, ever panting as a pauper who is in utter and perpetual and present need of more of Jesus. Like the Greeks who came seeking him, they said, we would see Jesus. May God put that in our hearts. You can pray the same prayer for me and I beg you to please pray the most harsh biblical core biblical truths that you can dig out of God's word over my life, friend, that I'll be stricken with the fear of the Lord and be completely conformed to the image of Christ. I love you, man. God loves you so much you have no idea. He is not going to spare your soul if you don't do things his way. If you're going to be in heaven, you're going to strive lawfully, 2 Timothy 2, or you're going down the wide road that leads to destruction like millions who have once been saved and gone before you did. After they were saved, they waxed cold and put something else it doesn't take, doesn't matter what it is, something else before the Lord. Sports, sex,
yourself comfort. I mean, some of us give more money to Starbucks than we do to the work of the gospel every month. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You heard me. That's absolutely ridiculous. We got time, money, energy for everybody else except Jesus. Man, we don't even have money to help track, to fund tracts, gospel tracts that are absolutely powerful and are reaching souls. Find a good tract ministry and support it. Do something. Feed an orphan at least one a month. Give to the work, the true New Testament work of the gospel. Give of yourself and your heart will follow where you put your treasures. Make it a deliberate, absolute discipline to give God the first fruits of everything he gives you. And by the way, watch him fill your barns. That's what he promises to do, both now and forever. Jesus will lay up treasure for you in heaven. That's what he commanded you to do. Lay it up in heaven. Send it before you. You'll have no fruit for those things, no eternal fruit for those things that you squander time and resources and energy, etc. on this earth. God bless you, friend. Remember, Jesus is coming. Ready or not. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. 